opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. I'm definitely glad to be with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. I hope your life is well. And I hope the Lord is smiling upon you as he is upon me. Welcome to the Monday edition of Lifeline. It does happen to be August 30th, 2023. Very, very complicated times we're living in. One day before the Reformation, as we would take August 31st to be 501 years after the uh, the Laud event that created an open door for society to be um, liberated from religious tyranny, from civil tyranny, from a world dominated by the chessboard of kings and, and priesthood and dominated by a cycle of uh, massive, massive aristocratic governance, much more so uh, aristocratic governance over the common people in ways that were not good for the common people. And the religious people responded to it. I'm speaking, of course, to all those who are comrades of Martin Luther as he nailed the 95 Theses to the door at Wittenberg, Wittenberg, uh, Wittenberg, Germany's school, um, college, um, seminary, if you will, the uh, the place where he abode and, and got a major portion of his education and actually was working as a priest under Stauffitz, his own confessor. It began there with Luther's expression of recognition of the lost estate of biblical truth in the context of the gospel, freedom in Christ, liberty in Christ, salvation in Christ, redemption in Christ, and uh, maturity in Christ, not only as an individual people group, but as a society and as a whole. And as I was talking about these things a few days ago, from the Reformation came the Puritan era. From the Puritan era came the pilgrimage from Europe, whether that was from the regions of Germany where Luther was, or from the regions of Geneva where um, Calvin was, or whether it was from other parts of the world, uh, the British uh, uh, regions where John Knox were, was the pilgrims made their move from uh, the central parts of Europe because, again, of tyranny and empty religion. And those two, politics and religion, are always the beast that seeks to bring into captivity the whole world and, uh, and trap it under uh, ideological constructs that don't comport with reality and basically is a system of tyranny and lies and dominion over the common people. And uh, why do I say that? Because America was an experiment initially of freedom from the tyranny of King George so that men and women could live according to their conscience and according to the word of God, as it was stated at the Diet of Worms by Luther when they told Luther to recant he says, I cannot, I will not, here I stand, I can do no other words to that effect. What he was saying was that his conscience 
his conscience was bound by the word of the living God, and thus he could not submit to the torture, toward the, to the threats, to the condemnation of, uh, of the papacy, telling him that he was a heretic. And, uh, and as a consequence, he had to flee for his life. He was kidnapped and he was delivered from the tyranny of that system, and God allowed him to live plus more years and uh, uh, do ministry up into the mid uh, 17th century or 18th century, that would have a 16th century, that would have been somewhere around um, 1563 that he passed on into glory to receive his reward. And the world has not been the same since the Reformation. Even though the world has gone through wars, World War I, World War II, and um, we are in the midst of devilish type uh, regional conflicts around the world even now. They are not presently around religious issues. They are largely, once again, around political issues. But some would argue that behind the political issues are some religious components, some religious tenets, some religious ideas. I think that is true, but they are far removed from what really should be understood as going on at the present time. And, uh, and we kind of want to talk about that. We want to talk about um, the probably the biggest topic in the world right now, and that is the battle between the, uh, the Israelites and the Palestinians. Uh, the Jewish people that live in the Middle East, in Israel, um, which used to largely be Palestine until um, the UN moved Israel into the area of Palestine and annexed a portion of it off to them uh, under the Balfour Declaration long, long ago, 1947, uh, to be exact. But prior to that, they had began making their, word, their way back there after that dreaded, dreaded period of time that we would call the Holocaustic event where Hitler and his maniacal Germany uh, sought to eradicate and annihilate a people group as animals, as less than human beings, as demons and devils. That was the propaganda phraseology from the Hitlerian camp at that time. And it is so remarkable to listen to the arguments today, whether on the left or on the right, and to hear virtually the same kind of propagandistic terminology being used to inflame people and set people up for what I have shared with you before, our adverse uh, landscape positions, creating conflicts between men and women over battles that don't have any direct application to you, but they do indirectly because we're all moral creatures and we have a kind of moral compass with a moral concern, moral intuition about what is taking place over in our neighbor's yard because if we're not careful to watch what is taking place in our neighbor's yard can easily be taking place in our own yard and we will have to suffer for being neglectful. So here's the way I kind of want to frame it if you are interested in the uh, Palestinian-Israeli conflict in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. There's so many very, very good positions, very good perspectives, very good debates going on. If you are able to extricate yourself and deliver yourself from the stated news initiative and the legacy news media that is going to frame this argument either one way in a overgeneralized perspective or in another way 
in an overgeneralized perspective too, so as to dupe you. So this is how I'm going to start my monologue. I'll run it until I'm done. Uh, so that will take us in the monologue. I'll open up the phone lines for us to have a conversation about it. Punish the criminals. That's my opening starter. Punish the criminals, not the people. Punish the criminals, not the common Palestinians. Punish the criminals, not the people. Palestinians are not one and the same with Hamas. You, you shall not conflate the two and be true. No more than America in total is the same as Joe Biden or Donald Trump or their administrations or the uniparty uh, globalist compromisers that like to represent America when they don't even ask our approval of how they're representing us around the world. Can you imagine if some people around the world hate our government because of its policies, its intrusions, its control, its dominations, its machinations? and then want to conflate our government with us and somehow hate us because it hates our government. Would that be fair and true? Of course not. So I want to talk about what is called the narrative management, management tyranny or syndrome taking place in our world. I've talked to you about this before. There is a narrative that you are allowed to hear, and if you violate that narrative, you are marked off as some kind of denier, some kind of traitor, some kind of conspiracy theorist. You know that that's the way we talk on this program. The narrative management syndrome comes from your mainstream media. And if you don't toll their line, you are a threat. You are a terrorist. You are a misinformationist example. You know, you've heard it before. Vaccines are safe and effective. To disagree makes you a vaccine denier. Now, you and I know that logic will never follow, but that's the way that it is framed by your narrative management syndrome control media. They would suggest that because you don't accept carte blanche, what is stated about vaccines as being safe and effective, you're a vaccine denier. The logic is bad. Black Lives Matter. Remember a few years ago, I, you saw signs everywhere by our beloved Caucasian brothers and sisters, Black Lives Matter, all over their yards because they were afraid to simply say, that makes no sense to me. All lives matter. But now if you say all lives matter, it makes you a racist and a denier of loving black people. Nothing could be further from the truth. But remember, that was the way the media was pushing it. Trans women are real women. To reject this, is intolerance and bigotry. And you could lose your job, as many people have lost their jobs over simply saying biologically, genetically, factually, sociologically, and on so many different levels, trans women, just by the rhetoric of the term, cannot be real women. Otherwise, there's no such thing as real women. Now, when you begin to investigate propositions and, and assertions and different uh, propaganda terms like I am doing with you now, guess what? You get the heat from our government because our government is the neo-truth controlling ministry today, the neo-ministry of truth. Uh, where are you going with this, PJ? I am saying that as we recognize global warming has a problem, but it's not the collapse of the world. You can call me a climate denier if you want to. In the same way, to not walk in absolute lockstep with national Israel as all good and the Palestinian people, including Hamas, as all bad is to be called an anti-Semite. I totally reject those assertions as a propaganda tool for sustained political division as both irrational 
and true politically contrived hate speech. That's all it is. Just wants to keep you and I divided. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. The Bible says, if you are my disciples, you will continue in the truth. And you shall know the truth and the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ. The aletheia shall set you free. We're going to continue on this topic. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one 367 one Got more when we come back after this break. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed we are. The time is 521 on this October 30th, 2023. Um, I was reminded that I sounded the, the, the terms August instead of October. Nope. Uh, probably wish it was August because if it were, then we wouldn't be dealing with what we're dealing with now. Some people call it a distraction. And uh, I think it could be at a secondary or tertiary level. It certainly could be a distraction, meaning that even though it is a very serious issue taking place in the Middle East there, and uh, and there's a lot to be said about it because we have rewound the clock to some degree back to 1941 and 42 and 43. Um, we sure have because our media immediately made a direct correlation to uh, the Holocaust, the moment that you got all the visuals and the pictures and the images and the uh, emotional injection of what happened to um, the uh, Jewish people on the 7th of this month, just a, a few weeks back. Um, immediately there was a correlation made. This was a second Holocaust, or this was a... Uh, them and they began to engage in numbers and, and all of those kinds of things. It reminded me again of 9-11. I was uh, presently then behind the microphone on the early morning show about the same thing that was basically a pretext, pretext for another war. And this is what a lot of people are worried about and lawfully so, rightfully so, because George Bush Jr., George Bush um, used it as an opportunity to go after the um, the the people in Babylon in Iraq and go after Saddam Hussein and everybody was crying to do it and nobody wanted to really be much more critical, objective, and reserved with the Bush Cheney administration. You were anti-American if you didn't just bow the knee in lockstep and join the Republican Party as they rushed off to war, sending our boys and girls, our men and women over there to die and come back in body bags. For what? We still have not actually assessed either the damage or the alleged good that we were supposed to have accomplished in Iraq. Now, I mind you now, if you, if you get beyond the mainstream media, you will get information from all kinds of sources of the atrocities, of the war crimes, of the misinformation that came from our media to you. And here our media still today wants to pretend that it's the gatekeepers of facts. When not only then were they getting the data wrong about different events numerically and factually, but they're getting them wrong again today. Uh, I, I can tell you now, as I opened up my monologue talking about distinguishing the good from the bad, the right from the wrong, the, uh, the evil from the just, as God would call every righteous man and every righteous believer to do, never to condemn the wicked with the righteous, never to uh, call good evil or evil good, never 
to have respective persons, never to take a bribe to do injustice, never, never to allow evil to prevail in order that your own prejudice side might win. The Bible is very clear on all these matters. You shall not have respect to persons. You shall not call one person a human being and another person an animal. You shall not take a bribe to do injustice. You shall not understand and embrace the reward system that comes with a popular opinion. You shall not condemn the righteous with the wicked. That is, as Ezekiel put it very clearly, the children shall never suffer for the crimes of the parents. To do this is injustice. You shall not in engage in collective punishment of human beings who did not directly have a part in the harm of other human beings. You may not do that. This is not only international law or UN policy that has already been a stated fact for many decades, but this is really truly the word of God. So actually, I am talking largely to Christians who say they know their Bible. Make sure you don't jump on the politically charged bandwagon of, once again, everything that Israel does is all good, and everything that the Palestinians, Palestinians do is all bad, or vice versa, as you're hearing from the left. The Palestinians are all good. The Israelites are all bad. Now, there is a good group in between those two irrational, illogical, unsound extremes where people are taking sides, but they're doing it with a of sincerity and earnestness for which I can respect. I can totally respect people who want to preserve the rights of Israel to exist as a nation. Certainly, I would want to do that. I'd want to do that with, with my own country. I can totally understand the Palestinian plight of wanting to get out of the ghetto-controlled um, Gaza Strip. Everybody can see it if you want to. You don't have to listen to uh, Jewish news to find out about that. You don't have to listen to American news. You can find out for yourself. I would totally want to be able to get out of that predicament if I could. I also understand the historical background that started a bunch of this crazy mess, as you and I would know, prior to 1947 in terms of the Palestinians feeling like it's their land and the uh, the Israelis uh, asserting that it's theirs. And, and, and you even have, in my opinion, undiscerning Christians uh, also buying into that notion through a twisted biblical interpretation of eschatology, if you will, to um, perpetuate these same kind of hostilities between two people group who have proven that they could get along if you didn't have the necessary parties behind the scene promulgating and fueling economically a war between the um, the hyper-right Israeli people, the hyper-right Israeli leadership that would be called the far right, that would include Netanyahu, uh, over against the Hamas group who are swearing to wipe Israel off the map. The Hamas group is a terrorist group, is marked out as a terrorist group. It needs to be recognized as a terrorist group, and it needs to be dealt with as a terrorist group. There's just no, no two ways about that. No two ways about that. And yet the Hamas group is not in some total the Palestinian people. You need to stop it. Many Palestinians are Jewish. 
Many Arabs are Jews. Many Palestinians are my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Many of them are um, is a Muslim and bless them too. Many, many of them are good men and women uh, at the human level who only want freedom and prosperity. Now, you don't get that in the media because they want to keep you divided, keep you heated, keep you irrational, keep you trapped by a political mind versus a pious mind. A pious mind would do what the Bible tells us to do, to prove all things and hold fast to that which is true, and it's extremely important. So what you and I are dealing with, ladies and gentlemen, is what I call a system of tropes by the media and governmental complex driven by the neo-ministry of truth to control the narrative, setting up these territories of conflict, rhetorical conflicts, ideological conflicts, landscapes of division, and these are defined according to the unrighteous terms of wicked people who are in control of the narrative. They're not asking you wrong. They're putting you on sides like me. I would probably be considered to many a leftist. At other times, I would be considered uh, an extreme right-wing conspiracy theorist. I could care less what people think. The reality is you got to rise above the dialectic. You got to rise above the plantation politics. You got to rise above the trope traps and be able to look at these things objectively and listen to the debates. The really good debates that are online for now, because you already know that they're working at the highest levels of the World Health Organization, at the World Economic Forum, and even in the UN, uh, along with our government, to control speech. Welcome to Brave New World. Welcome to uh, 1984. They would if they could, and they will if they have time, stop folks like me and others from speaking from a different angle really encouraging you to wake up and rise above the lens and frames that have been foisted upon you by the people you have trusted. It's very clear. I was listening to um, very healthy, objective discussions and debates by pro-Palestinians and pro-Israelis, and they were good. And you know what? You could walk away on either side taking either position. You really could. All you have to do is have enough certain sort of biases and presuppositions that um, either side would be promoting for you or for me, and we could walk away. But at least, at least what you have to do is exactly what the proverb says. Hear the whole matter. Hear the grievances of the Palestinians. Hear the grievances of the Israeli people. And, and please understand, this is not monolithic. Don't listen to the mainstream media telling you all Jews hold this position, that they want to as well annihilate all Palestinians. Nothing could be further from the truth. And all Palestinians are not bloodthirsty to kill all Jews. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is how you descend into the Hitlerian, hellish, mind cough mindset of kill all the dirty Jews, kill all the dirty Palestinians. And those of you who think that way, you are not Christian. One of the reasons why the Jewish people, particularly at the time of our master and the apostles, didn't like them is because they stood for the truth. They stood for the truth. And as it is today in our country as well, when you stand for the truth against the stated narrative, 
whether it's against vaccines, whether it's against Black Lives Matter, whether it's against trans women, whether it's uh, against global warming, whether it's against what we're dealing with now, the Israeli-Palestine conflict, or whatever else you might imagine are dialectical arguments framed by others to keep you and I divided. When you rise above it to look at it objectively and hear all the issues, you are being what Acts 17 says, a Berean searching out the matter to know for yourself. one 367 a little bit more to talk about then we'll go to the phone lines after this break we'll be right back and now back to lifeline the time is 5 36 on this monday edition of lifeline as i have been stating in my opening monologue up to this point um again i'm like the book of joshua chapter 5 where Joshua walked up on the pre-incarnate Christ, who is the angel of the Lord, the messenger of Malak, the messenger of Jehovah. Uh, in that text, he was standing there with his sword drawn, and Joshua asked him the question, are you for us or are you for our enemies? You see what Joshua did? He laid out an either or. He laid out a bifurcation, and it was faulty because Jehovah's angel, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnate Christ says, I am for neither one of you. I am for the Lord God Almighty. And of course, this is where Christians ought to be in understanding these conflicts. Never trapped by the horizontal dilemma, never trapped by the mere framing of the narrative by others. Really, what is God's position on these things? And when you have God's position on these things, then you you can walk with, a, with an authority that knows that you're going to be fair and honest with people. And what I was stating earlier about all of these, uh, again, these narratives that are framed by our government, they're tropes and traps. And if you can get behind many of these tropes and traps, whether it's the vaccines, whether it's the global uh, climate change uh, uh, messaging, whether that's, again, the trans movement, what, whatever it is that's taking place in our world when it becomes front and center news, if you get behind it, there are massive hiding uh, massive points of information that are being hidden from you, real facts that are needed for you and I to make, here we go, uh, informed consent. Uh, there's often unacceptable criminal behavior taking place. I, I'm talking from the vaccines all the way down to policies, again, in our school system. Uh, absolute exploitation of ignorant people are taking place when you are told something when in fact things going on behind the scenes would give you a different impression, a different perspective, a different insight. That means you and I are being manipulated because we don't get to hear all of the information. The right Republican message is distorted and the left Democratic message is distorted in my opinion. Pro-Israel can never be, from a biblical, true Christian position, allowed to destroy all Palestinians. We cannot live with these monsters. They are monsters, and this will never work. One, uh, one Jewish lady stated, I'm watching, her name is Carol Glick, the Carol Glick Show, and she was talking with um, uh, Mr. David Hansen, and, uh, and he happens to, Victor David Hansen happens to be a, a pretty good reasonable thinker, but he was 100% in the um, pro-Israeli uh, Republican campsite. And I'm like, okay, you're leaving out tons of information that if a person on the sideline did not know, they would buy what you two are saying 
lock, stock, and barrel, with the exception of the fact that you cannot say that you are justly engaging in a war with people that you want to call monsters who are not worthy to live. You see, uh, this is exactly what Jesus would tell you and I never to do. This is why the gospel was so much more revolutionary than even the Mosaic law, uh, Torah, in relationship to an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. Even that was proportioned, was it not? If a person takes out your eye, you take out their eye, not their whole head, not their whole body. It is not a moral equivalent, in my opinion, that as atrocious as Hamas was, and they need to be hunted, hunted down and dealt with. You can use whatever inflammatory language you want to and feel pretty good about, you know, annihilating them off the earth. That's what they said about the Apostle Paul in Acts 26, when he plainly said, the Lord Jesus Christ opened my eyes. I received the heavenly vision and I was not disobedient. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They said, that man is not worthy to live away with him from the earth. This is bigotry at the demonic level when you disagree with somebody because you hold different ideological positions and you want to just completely annihilate them from the planet. This is not Christianity at all. And you see all kind of people in the streets. There's no doubt about it. You see, um, again, pro-Palestinians, pro-Hamas people all protesting and all of that. Uh, Christians should not be practicing that quid pro quo. But what you should be doing is going, what's behind the fervor? What's behind the argumentation of my foes? What's behind my political opponent, opponents' propositions and ideas? It might be that there's a measure of truth. You see, we don't want to get at truth. We just want to use power. And the gospel is about truth. It's not about power. It's about truth. It's about a power internally to transform you so that you live above the bigotry of power and operate out of the principle of truth. There's no doubt about it. So Jesus says, your father, the devil, is a liar, and the truth never abode in him. And he was speaking to the leaders of Israel, not the common people in that day, because the common people were listening to Jesus gladly. It was the rulers that hated Jesus for not, you know, siding with them in everything that they do. You cannot do it. For instance, much of what the Palestinians are arguing about are apartheid laws and different rules for them than is for the Jewish people. And people on the right will try to argue that that's not so, but it is. It's simply so. Jewish people will tell you that, Palestinians will tell you that, people living in the West Bank will tell you that, people that are living in Israel will tell you that it's factually true. And yet the law of God says you shall have one law for the stranger as well as for those who are uh, people of the land. It says it six times in the Old Testament. Leviticus 24, 22, Exodus 12, 49, Numbers 9, 14, Numbers 15, 15, Numbers 15, 16, Numbers 15, 29. God told Israel, when you go into the land and there are people there that has to be one law. You can't have two different laws. That there is apartheid. So, you know, you can look at it for yourself and weigh out for yourself. Of course, you're going to have people parsing these terms and saying that they don't apply today. But the reality is, is that just like we as black people had to deal with white water fountains and black water fountains, we had to deal with that. And, 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 our, and our Caucasian brothers who bought into that mode of apartheid were able to kind of justify it. But at the end of the day, when you push back on it in love, as Martin Luther King did, you push back on it in love, love and truth ultimately will win, even though a lot of people will die before there's an acquiescence to that truth. 
eventually you know it was wrong. A water faucet is a water faucet or fountain and white people and black people are exactly the same constitutionally, biologically, humanly speaking. Whites are not animals and dogs and demons and devils as Louis Farrakhan would like to assert. And blacks are not monkeys and less than human as the lying narrative of our Caucasian brethren uh, had the enjoyment many years ago when they were under that delusion because they were the majority uh, uh, power structure at that time. That was all a lie. So what's going on today is really an issue of a that needs to be punished severely, but not without measure, not in a barbaric fashion that would amount to almost what happened to the Jewish people under Hitler because he used that same rhetoric about them. You can't do that to the Palestinian people and expect good men and women to sit by and say, it's okay. We would be complicit with that crime. You used to hear these Black Lives Matter folks say silence is violence. Well, yeah, this is what Bonhoeffer understood back in the day when he was watching the Jews systematically being killed and he joined in a conspiracy to try to wipe Hitler out to stop it. And he was caught and condemned. I understand his... I understand his zeal. I understand his quandary. I understand that you just can't sit back and let humanity be, humanity be controlled by the governing powers of your country, and they tell you one thing while they are doing something else. That is not love. I totally get it. Do you? Do you? one 367 There are war crimes going on. There are war crimes going on, and we have to deal with them. We're going to have to look at them. We're going to have to face them. We're going to have to earnestly uh, ask the question whether or not uh, our national governments, uh, whether or not the United Nations, whether or not the, the, the power brokers around the world can come together and actually stop this madness before it breaks out into World War III. Because I do think that you and I are living in a kind of Disneyland utopian uh, sort of delusion thinking that war won't come to America and we won't find ourselves crying over our babies and our children as the Palestinians and as the Jews are doing right now if we're not smart enough to learn how to avert it. Once by prayer, calling on the one true and living God to give men and women sense, good sense, reasonable sense. Come, let us reason together. Uh, the ability to discern and to lay out on the table the facts and the grievances and the and the uh, and the solutions and do it in a way where we can preserve the human race. That's what has to ultimately be done. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I will definitely take your phone calls after this break. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call triple eight four KFAX. That's eight 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 F O R K F A X. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're getting ready to go to the phone lines. We've got one line open, one 888 If you want to get in on the discussion, if you've got some questions about this major front and center uh, news item uh, that is worldwide in its conversation, uh, you can give us a call, one 367 If you have a different position than I do, I welcome the conversation. We want to maintain our free speech until it's taken away. Uh, that's what tyrants do. They don't want you to have all the information. They don't even want you talking about it. Uh, and, and you'll notice, this is why um, when it comes to Fox News or when it comes to CNN or the left-right 
uh, media outlets, you don't have both sides of qualitative persons sitting behind the microphone on those shows. That's by design because they don't want either of their groups to be informed by the other group by their outlets. They would pretend that what they're doing is, and we don't want to give them a platform for spreading misinformation. Who are you kidding? You mean we can't determine for ourselves what information is true or not, and we must immediately yield to the fact that because we're listening to you, you're telling us the truth? No, the Bible says prove everything, discern, critique, analyze, deconstruct, reconstruct, everything, uh, and then hold fast to that, which is good. That way you can have a conscience that Luther did. Here I stand, I can do no other. My conscience is bound by the word of God, conscience and scripture. This is what it means to be a free people, conscience and scripture. Our authority is God's word, rightly interpreted, and our conscience is bound by it, and so you can't move us from our position unless we ourselves are persuaded. Line number one, let's go with to Dan from Sonoma in line, on line number one. Dan, are you there? I think I can pre perform some small service here by stating uh, first that Iran is behind a lot of this. The junta that runs Iran, you know, not the country of Iran, but its government and then move to the fact that the problem that I'm going to outline might be larger than I ever would have imagined. I sent you this article, it's on carm.org, which discusses on their uh, response conversion story, which is up on YouTube, which mm -hmm. was written by Luke Wayne. Mm -hmm. It's very convenient for any audience member if they want you to go harm.org and search for response to Christianity, search for Andrew Tate on harm.org and it'll pop right up. These people want to advocate people like Andrew Tate. Violence in the name of religion proves the religion is true. Your apologetics ministry, polemics, or rhetoric, your criticism of somebody that would take a position opposite from you without attacking the person violently proves that your Christianity is false because you're not violent to protect it. I think that is amazing that people are actually losing their minds. This is like a single dimension logic. If someone will push you to say, unless you're violent in the name of your religion, then your religion is bogus. Well, Luke Wayne, when he wrote this article, he completely took the debate apart. He, it, it's such a compelling article, if you take a look at what he outlined by watching the guy's videos and then looking at his logic or lack thereof, um, and how famous Andrew Tate is in the internet community. Um, but anyway, that's that's what I wanted to state. I, I wanted to be succinct here. No, you did a you did a good job. My my pushback wouldn't be on anything that you're saying holistically, Dan. I would simply say that um, Andrew Tate is not a proper representative of the conflicts that are taking place right now. No, I know no, a no, lot no, of Christians. No. I'm just are wondering really how many people in America would buy into the religion has 
the moxie to be tough and therefore they're standing up for their beliefs because they're being violent. I, it surprises me that any American would think that. Not me. You know, any tiny minority, less than 10%, less than 5%. When I start hearing people that would take such a point of view, it's so outlandish, but maybe it's worse than I actually thought is all I'm okay, stating. So, yeah, no, so let me help you a little bit. That's why I've got you. We're gonna, you and I are gonna hang out for at least four more minutes on this segment. And I'm gonna just talk to you from a different perspective. Uh, so uh, often, Dan, what I do is I filter events from the standpoint of really what is the core driving factor of what's taking place. And I don't believe that the core driving factor yet that is taking place is let's say Islam against the world. I know that's a frame, I know it is, and I know that it's a problem. I don't believe that, because that would make Israel equivalent to all the rest of us good people and Palestine and Hamas and Muslims, if you wanna call it that, of all of the wicked people that are ready to fight for their God and take over the world for their God because they would be strong enough and powerful enough to do that. That would be a faulty bifurcation. The people that listen carefully to me know that. I don't fall into that trap. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not persuaded by that trap. And for a lot of reasons, too, I'll tell you a few, Dan. One, having grown up in the hood many years during the time of the civil rights movement, when uh, black people were really fighting for a kind of quasi-apartheid end in terms of uh, discrimination, Jim Crow, et cetera, et cetera, one of the things that black people often fell into is a kind of tribal, raging, bloodthirsty position of just wanting to go out and kill white folks. This was the reemergence of BLM, you know, uh, might equals right. And that's what you're getting with the Andrew Tate thing. But that is a million miles away from scripture, actually. And so this is why I challenge Christians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. If you're going to exercise a kind of might equals right position, you're just not biblical. You're not Christian at all. You have no idea what a biblical ethic is in terms of political conflicts. I certainly understand the role of government. I understand the role of military. I am not a pacifist in that regard, but Christians do not get to do exactly what Catholicism did way before Islam uh, in terms of taking up the sword and going might makes right because this is how they engaged in uh, Christian conversion by the sword. I hope you have not forgotten that, Dan. So what you have often with religion, this is why I call religion the beast. This is why it's stated that way in Revelation chapter 13. Beliefs, uh, the beast, first beast is politics. That's Revelation chapter 13, 1 through 7. The second beast is religion. That's Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through the rest of the text. And when you take those two beasts and put them together, there's nothing but war and bondage and captivity unless people submit to the hybrid of a political religio system, as you had rightly stated, uh, represented in Iran, which the people on the ground in Iran do not advocate. And this is why you don't wanna broad brush all Iranians, because there were many Iranians who were Christians going all the way back to Acts chapter two, when the Holy Ghost came on Pentecost after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. And many of the Jews who were Persian from Iran came to Israel during the Pentecost 
feast and became Christians. And we know that there are many Christians there now and many Christians of the uh, Iranian uh, uh, you know, culture and ethnic group here in America. So they wouldn't want to be broad brushed with this bifurcation of uh, Muslims are right and everybody else is wrong. Our Christians are wrong and, and Jews are right. That's a, to me, that's an overgeneralizing of the categories that actually loses insight into the particulars and distinctives that we have to keep continue to work through. That being said, I don't really particularly advocate Andrew Tate at the level of theology. He's completely empty, vacuous, and unlearned at the level of theology. He has already admitted that. His influence over young men is because young men have lost their way for at least 60, 70 years and don't even have good, healthy, strong models in any ethnic group or any religious group to speak of by which they could be led up out of the morass of depression, out of the matrix of um, self-defeatism, self-criticism, out of the matrix of hyper feminism and feminism as it has destroyed men and women today um, uh, massively around the world. Uh, Tate's draw is to overcome feminism, and feminism is the curse that America is under right now, both in the Democratic Party as well as in uh, the Republican Party as well. Our men are weak and defeat. This is psychological. This is emotional. This is spiritual. This is biological. This is genetic. This is happening across the board. It's seen clearly in our churches. Uh, there is a measure of concern that one might merit in, in regards to uh, Andrew's question of the Christian man, the Christian man. Uh, where is he to be found when it's time to stand up and speak truth to power? Christian, you'll always hear from the Muslim man. You'll hear from the political man. You'll hear from the cultural man. You'll hear from the new age man. You'll hear from the leftist man. But you don't hear from Christian men standing up, speaking truth to power, and addressing realities because they are afraid of departing from the mainstream narrative. But when you are afraid to depart from the mainstream narrative, you are not like Jesus or the apostles. You are something else. You are a fraud. You are a propagandist. You are a controlled person. And this is where we really do need to ask ourselves as men, are we in a position today to stand and represent the downline, our young men, our young women, uh, and help them to deal with these topsy-turvy times in a way in which we can go to the Word of God, lay out scripturally how we should be in the midst of a world filled with conflict and wars and contradictions. It's so important to do. Yes, Andrew Tate could be a problem, but he's not. There are many mullahs, many Muslims, many scholars in Islam who could do a much more um, uh, sophisticated job in drawing men and women to Islam, especially during this time and era that we're in. And, and quite frankly, my time is up. I got to let you go. Um, if the church does not demonstrate its role prophetically here and priestly, it will become irrelevant as we move further into the dark ages of tribal warring that the major powers over all of this, the global elite over all of this, the power brokers over all of this, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, uh, Council for Foreign Relations, all of those groups who are the money 
power brokering systems supporting both sides. I told you that our government has supported Hamas. Hamas wouldn't even be in, in, in power if we didn't turn our eyes to what was happening in Iran. We've supported Iran. We've given them money. Biden has given them money. Obama has given them money to sustain these monsters so we can pretend that we've got some kind of existential threat to fight. These are battles largely created by globalists. And people are going to have to wake up to that. Thank you, my dear brother, for the call. Make sure you dig down deep enough to know that. One line open, one 367 I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. All right, before we go to the phone, again, the number is one 367 I've got two lines open, one 367-5329. Neither the left, your loony Democrats, largely, or the right, your compromised Republicans, largely, both of them are the unifying, neither of them really wants peace. They both want war, war, war. Two sides of the same coin, working as a uni uniparty, all of, as I stated to you before, the bankers, the military, government, media uh, complex, or as it was stated, the military government complex that uh, we've been warned about by Eisenhower, which is a real thing because war makes money for the wealthy. War makes money for the wealthy. And we continue to get poorer and poorer as people on the ground, and we are distracted by the propaganda of war while the policies that make war both sides infuriated. So to the degree that you're running around along with everybody else at war, whether it's against the left or the right, this here is a distraction because the reality is war in the way in which we're waging it can never produce peace. All war can ever do as they see is produce more war. This is why Jesus said, you never overcome your enemy by doing evil only overcome them by doing good. And so, you, you you know, we understand just wars. We understand the need for righteous uh, vindication of atrocities committed. May that continue to occur. Don't get blinded and don't get emotionally trapped by delusion that descends you into a Hitlerian rage and, and then dehumanize people because you are buying into a construct that's unbiblical. The left, neither the right, really wants peace. They want war because war leads to attrition. Attrition leads to uh, dying of human beings. Already, over 3,000 Palestinian babies, children, have been killed in this so-called moral equivalent argument. I'm not speaking of the uh, women and adults, 3,000 babies. And you can be cold and heartless if you want to like we are in America of the 300,000 babies that are killed in the womb every year. But uh, I can tell you that the Palestinians are not forgetting these things. You kill them and all you do is create more seeds of vindictive uh, human beings who will want to take vengeance on you. We are creating right now as we speak World War III. No doubt about it. Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, so many others are the creation of CIA strategies, systems of conflict, 
It sustains division. It keeps warmongers in power from the Bushes to the Obidens to the uh, Obamas to the Obidens. This is why Trump was fought against because, you know, he doesn't have a trail of sustained war hawkishness policies. So he cannot be president because he was a, a unity with the Arabs and the Jews uh, with the Abraham Accords. You know that. And uh, that, that doesn't make money at the level of military war. And we've got a bunch of hawkish so-called Christians that want to buy into this eschatological war scheme too under a premillennial dispensational dispensational framework of uh, of uh, promoting a, a all Israel without criticism, without critique, without analysis, without parsing facts mentality as well. This goes on in Washington as you and I are speaking. It can be dragged into war any day now by our our commander in chief and uh and it will be to our undoing you can be certain uh about that uh let's go to let's go to line number two and talk with jermaine jermaine there hello hey jermaine thank you for your patience um what's your thoughts well uh yeah i appreciate everything you said it kind of uh echoes everything i was thinking but I used to struggle with how people would throw around, I think it was Genesis 12, 3, when God said, you know, if you are, I'll curse those who curse you and bless those who bless you. But as I studied deeper, you know, I'm not quite so sure that that's speaking about some of the people today because I've seen some of the same behaviors over in that region that I've seen everywhere else with, with the racism and, the, you know, again, the spitting against people who preach Christ and, People yeah. may be different from them. It, yeah. It's largely a secular nation from everything That's I can right. see. But the issue I have is I, I don't like how some of this, uh, the drum beatings for war by a lot of people who I, I, I know personally who've never even been in a fight and all of a sudden they're ready to go kill a bunch of people and endorse slaughtering of, of uh, you know, people. They, they don't even understand the issue. But they're watching the news, they're they're listening to all this propaganda, and, and they're getting pumped up and ready. And it's almost, it's the same behavior I used to see when I would go watch pro football games where people, they get all hyped and they couldn't name, you know, more than four or five people on the team. I, I especially don't like the tactics that I've seen. It's, it's just hard for me to really kind of resonate with that when, as a believer, I'm not saying you can't protect yourself, but when I hear things like starve them out and cut off water, cut off food, and then I see a bunch of uh, babies and children who are out there who, have, who can't even hold a gun. And I hear comments like, well, the blood is not on Israel's hands. The blood is on the hands of Hamas. Uh, it just kind of rings really unbiblical more than anything. I, I did watch the speech by Mr. Netanyahu even bringing up the Bible and justifying going after your enemies, but for me, I think it was Romans 12, 20, where uh, Paul talks about feeding your enemies and, you know, basically treating treating your enemies humanely versus what a lot of what we see going on now. It just doesn't, they, well, they reject that part of the Bible, so that, that wouldn't apply for yeah. them, but it just doesn't feel right. It, it's the same feeling I had during the COVID vaccine years where I felt everything in my spirit said, hey, just hold up a little bit. Let's hear a little bit more information before we jump. So, you know, that's my thoughts on it. I really, I just pray for peace and I pray for both 
of those people to get to know Christ because a lot of them don't. Excellent. Excellent commentary. I agree wholeheartedly with you. This here is the product of propaganda, dislodging Americans from a sense of objective, critical thinking at the, uh, at the, uh, at the, uh, at the mental level, we would call it our, um, our frontal uh, vortex, the area of executive thinking skills, the capacity to um, hold an ethical break and go, all right, let me hear this matter out. That's those what this, this is what men do, what, what solid mature women do. They check their emotions, they listen to the facts, and they respond in a measure that constitutes wisdom. They don't just tribally rise up and begin to rage. CIA has worked marvelously to create this kind of emotional response on the part of Americans. We're being tossed to and fro by our um, by our government at the psychological level. This is all part of psyop warfare, and it destroys men and women from being able to be objective, critical, and broad in their thinking capacity. So it is tribalism. We are becoming worse. Thank you for your call, my dear brother. We will have more to say after this break. Two lines open, one 888 Two lines open, one 888 I completely concur with Jermaine. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. We are indeed. Let's go to line number three and talk with James from the Bay. James, are you there? Hey, PJ, how you doing? I'm here, sir. I'm good. What's your thoughts? It's a whole lot of them. I mean, it's just, you know, taking it all in and really, you know, allowing it to uh, uh, make sense. You know, just like all the information that you sent out, even with the, even with the arguments, no one's trying to get to, like you just said, no one's trying to get to the truth. They're just trying to one up each other, see who has the power. When in right. essence, both sides are wrong, you know. And that's like, let God be the truth of every man a liar. I mean, that's right. we've been propagandized so much that there's no man. To, I'm gonna say no man following after God, but not enough. I mean, people may have their collective religious affiliations, but we've talked about how shallow Christians are, but I think we have to broaden that to anyone who follows who supposedly their God is, whether it be Muslims, the Quran, or whatever it is that they follow. I think we're just the shallow people because we've been propagandized so, you know, so much that we don't even know what truth is. The only place to be able to find truth is through, our, uh, through, uh, 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 through the truth, which is Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which definitely tells us we ought to be swift to hear, slow to speak, of course, slow to wrath. You know, so we obviously ought to be doing a whole lot more listening and hearing and, you know, finding out the whole conclusion of the matter before, you know, we render any type of comment, you know, on any of the situation. Because all of these are our brothers and sisters. And okay. that's what I appreciated about Martin, MLK, Martin Luther King, for his perspective of love, you know, and uh, Jermaine said something that was really interesting to me because he brought out Genesis 12, and then I guess 
but Net- Netanyahu, they don't receive the whole canon of Scripture. So they wouldn't receive Matthew 5 in, in, in 44. Sure. You know, uh, and so, you know, that's, you know, I guess that would be my understanding on that. But no one is holding to a biblical worldview, even those of us, the majority of us who are supposed to be holding to that. And I just believe that we know the scriptures already said if we're able to do that and stand and follow and follow the road that the Lord Jesus Christ followed, then we will be able to we'll be able, we'll be able to overcome this evil. He said, you know, he tells us not to be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's, I believe, a commandment for us as and we have to dig down, we have to drill down into that. You know, you know, the only way we're blessed with the truth is we have a relationship with him. We hear it, you know, you know, by, by, by a good man like yourself on a regular basis. Because without that, we would just be flapping the wind like everybody else, listening to CNN and MSNBC or all of the, the main, I'm going to put it this way, I'm going to call it like this, the religious industrial complex. I'm just going to name it like that. All of yeah. these so-called <laughs> religious leaders that are just in it, you know, for the money to keep that machine going. So we have to seek out the truth. It's just not going to fall in our lap anymore. You know? uh, without a doubt. When uh, James chapter 1, verse 21 says, um, be uh, quick to hear, it means to be quick to hear all sides necessary for us to respond. And, and when it says slow to speak, it simply means to be deliberate, deliberate and thoughtful and broad in your ability to make and render an assessment. We certainly can, can speak immediately upon a controversy or an issue or a subject matter or a conflict. We can just talk, and we're talking in terms of opinions. That's the blessing of free speech. I totally recommend that with men and women. I don't recommend that women, men and women censor themselves or not share their opinions, but make sure that you know that that's what that is. It's your opinion, it's your viewpoint. You could be as erudite and as accurate as uh, as wisdom itself, you could be right, um, but you know, until we are able to broadly allow all these matters to come to the forefront, we can be sure that we're going to miss something and often miss something critical. But that's the goal of the gatekeepers of knowledge and information. They want to make sure that you and I are not shaping the narrative. This is why they're going after Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google, and every other platform because they must have control over the narrative, which right now. Uh, is a real problem for Israel because the conversation is much broader than this uh, generic, um, oversimplified left-right narrative, this conflict narrative, this Marxist conflict narrative uh, methodology that's being used. And as such, uh, a lot of people are either being persuaded to move toward the left or toward the center. And uh, that doesn't bode well for your war hawkish uh, Republicans or your war hawkish Democrats. And when I say Republicans and Democrats, I am echoing what you mean when you say uh, the industrial religious complex, because it too has been compromised, as I stated earlier in my response to Dan, all the way back to the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, the English Church, the Evangelical Church, they're all captivated. They've been captivated for a long time. This is what we are unpacking in our Tuesday, Friday studies right now with the likes of Rick Warren, whom everybody loved, but he is a World Economic Forum puppet uh, designed to engage in a ecumenical movement. People don't want to hear that either, but as I've stated broadly before, 
if you embrace a premillennial dispensational theology, it is not Christian. It is an ethnocentric system that's really rooted in the Old Testament, and it's a return to Judaism. And if you return to Judaism, disregarding the New Testament superiority and consummation of the Old Testament centered in Jesus, you won't ever have peace. Because the only thing you get is the three of the four horsemen riding in Revelation chapter 6, the war horse, the famine horse, and the death horse, when it's an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, life for a life. When Christ is not supremely the answer to conflict by his death on the cross and subsequent atonement, and therefore his ascension and enthronement and pouring out of his Holy Spirit, and thus the conversion of men and women to becoming peacemakers themselves in the person of Christ. Where that is absent, where that is absent, all you're going to have are tribalisms and conflicts, which, again, our CIA loves to maintain, loves to propagate. We've got all kinds of conflict narrative, paradoxical landscapes, uh, adversarial landscapes, modalities all on the map. They've keeping keeping people at conflict between men and women, between blacks and whites, between children and parents, between vax and non-vax, between global warming uh, and global deniers, between pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian. All of this is the control of puppet masters who know how to pull your strings when you don't want to think things through deeply enough. This is where we are. And unless you are a principled man or woman that has the ability, as you stated, my brother, <clears throat> to hold your peace until you actually hear the whole matter, and that is hearing both sides competently setting forth the facts so that we can know what Proverbs means when it says, the one that is first in his own cause always seems like they have it right until his neighbor comes with all of the facts. That is what has to occur for us to be able to have a reasonable, rational conversation that might lead to legitimate long-term solutions. Let's see here. Deron from LA, I'll get you after I take the break, and then I'll also get you, Lisa, after I take the break, and we'll catch up with you, Leslie, as well. There's one line open, one 888 one line open, one 888 If you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. I'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. All right, let's get to it. Let's go to line number four and talk to Duran from L.A. Duran, are you there? Hey, Pastor Jesse. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. This is Duran Holmes, Duke's younger brother. Uh, yeah, but I just want to say that? this. Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I just want to say this is such a blessing, this conversation that you're having. Um, especially when you're talking about how complex this issue is rather than it being just a Jew versus Muslim thing. Because I know there's many Jews who don't even support the nation of Israel. And there's many rabbis who say that because the people were dispersed in the Old Testament that there shouldn't be a state. And uh, also, it's not a Israel versus terrorist issue because uh, we know most of those Palestinian people, they, they're not violent. They're, they're just normal people living regular lives. Um, but what I really uh, called about is because you uh, bring up Martin Luther King and how he said we have to lead out of love. I was just listening the other day to his eulogy for those those young girls who died in the Birmingham bombing. And yes. I'm just going to read off a little part of that because the last sentence is really what hit me. But he said, and so I stand here to say this afternoon to all assembled here 
that in spite of the darkness of this hour, we must not despair. We must not become bitter, nor must, nor must we harbor the desire to retaliate with violence. No, we must not lose faith in our white brothers. And this is the quote that really got me. He said, somehow we must believe that the most misguided among them can learn to respect the dignity and the worth of all human personality. And that's when people are seeing this as a something that the Jews are doing to them or Hamas is doing to the Jews. I think that's really what we must do. We have to hope and pray that the most misguided among, among both of these groups can learn to respect the dignity and worth of all human personality. And like I said, yeah. this is such a blessing for you having this conversation, Pastor Joseph. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I know if you listen to me, I've been I've been talking about these matters this way, Duran, for, for decades. Uh, and and it's sadly, it's a minority even in the Christian church because the Christian commendation is completely an ethic of truth framed in love, able to avert the tribal instincts of war and thus misrepresent parties as being less than human and therefore non-redeemable. And this is the rhetoric you get from the uh, extreme right Jewish groups against the extreme left uh, Palestinian groups. And that package of conflict narrative uh, is able to transport itself over into the political diatribe in our country. I oppose it uh, every time I get on the air because I understand it as being a blinding narrative that is antichrist in nature. We're headed towards an antichrist society and our churches are playing a role in it as well because they don't actually parse these matters carefully enough to make sure that they do not condemn the righteous with the wicked. And, and that will happen whenever you play a much stronger political diatribe than you will a biblical diatribe. So I totally affirm what you said, Duran, and certainly uh, with Martin Luther King, there were many things that he did wrong, but what he got right when he traversed the whole world as did Malcolm X. They both realized that there were puppet masters in the CIA and uh, and world powers, that's, that's all I'm gonna say now, that are keeping people at odds with each other. In Martin's day, it was whites against blacks. And that the seeds of that same maniacal evil are still resident in black people and white people. And this is why we can't do church well to, together because Jesus is not held high enough as a supreme principle in our hearts. The idolatry of racism is always a weakness in humanity to drive them over into this kind of left-right narrative we've got going on with the Palestinians and the uh, Isra Israeli people today. But your words were well um, well, well received, my dear brother, and thank you, uh, thank you for listening, and, and may the Lord bless you. Uh, we're going to go to our next caller, and that is going to be um, that's going to be Lisa, if she's still there on line number one. Lisa, are you there? Hi, Jesse. Hey, what's going on? Praise the Lord! All these brother, brothers, dear brothers, calling in today. I Isn't love that it. just a beautiful thing? God is, God is just working. Work and work. Well, it's not work for him, I guess. But um, anyway, I wanted to bring up a very fun point today and joyful that I was at the gym and I was listening to this. There's only one person there besides me. At the and he gym. Was talking about. Oh, that? no. Barbara got you. Barbara got you. Yeah, at the gym. <laughs> she got you. It's up here, Grable. <laughs> anyway, um, he said, he said, um, this is, this is the same thing that they're doing. They did with the pandemic. 
And yeah. I'm like, right on. I mean, that people are seeing that this is like the 2.0. Yes, and so, and then I was going to say, how about, um, I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't even want to say anybody that knows, but uh, the war is just another farce uh, to put us like look this way so they can implement the um the system the money system so the banks are going to go broke take our money and then um people will be flat-footed because they weren't prepared and they didn't trust they they didn't trust that their intuition was right or the words that they were hearing were right from the people that were uh that they should have been listening to like they're good shepherds so is that a I totally agree. also i i, I agree and, with that i'm going to reframe it just a tad bit differently because i got you for okay, a couple more perfect. minutes okay um, thank you it's true that we can define what's going on as a distraction but we can't define it as a distraction alone because it too is a major mechanism for shifting the geopolitical weight of um instability these are destabilizing factors you you guys have already been taught by yours truly about the um ideological subversion this is yuri bismanoff he laid it out you start with propaganda you move from propaganda to demoralization you move from demoralization to crisis we're in crisis mode the goal is to keep crisis going on all over the world whether they're wars whether they're famines whether they're sicknesses whether they're diseases these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse uh, the white horse being the gospel. He's still writing. God's still saving his people. But all of this destabilization is taking place in order, like you said, to encompass us about, to seize us, seize humanity with a technological trap uh, that is economic in nature. This is your central banking credit, digital credit system to take away power for us to have money independently, but it's also your biosecurity surveillance state. That's happening as we speak. More and more cameras are going, more satellites are going up, more and more uh, surveillance of what we're saying and what we're doing is taking place globally. And it will be justified because when people get scared about instability and bombs dropping and terrorist uh, alarms, because that's what's going on now here in America. You're going to hear more and more terrorist plots, this terrorist area, this area. Be watchful. Be fearful. Let us be the nanny that protects you. All of that is designed to unhinge people from freedom, self-autonomy, uh, and the right to determine <clears throat> determination. And yes, that therefore would constitute what's going on over there as a as a distraction we got to watch both sides in fact we got to be circumspect our head has to be a swivel <clears throat> our neck has to be a swivel turning in all directions and looking carefully and being able to speak into it graciously and wisely listen say hello to your husband for me <laughs> okay thanks jesse and i'll talk to you later blessings um, yes, it's true. I'm going to take a break here in a moment, then I'll come back and close out with Leslie, unless I get another caller. It's really true. Um, distraction is a mechanism. Um, entertainment is a distraction. News is a distraction. War is a distraction. Economic upheavals are a distraction. These are things that we have to pay attention to because we're human beings. We have to live. <clears throat> There's so much poverty going on right so many people that are losing their financial capacity for self-existence in America, in California, uh, across the states. And it's an interesting bifurcation or, or divide because a lot of you listening to me are doing just fine. 
therefore you really don't think any of this matters to you because you're doing just fine. And as long as you don't have to look at it, think about it, deal with it, it's not reality to you until it becomes that. This is where uh, Lisa's comments about the uh, banking system gradually putting in pay place the uh, central banking credit digital credit system where the next thing you know your your dollars will be uh, forbidden to be used and you will be on an ESG. I told you about this months ago. Now I know you be, you're you're starting to believe me because you're hearing it in our media. If you don't walk in lock state <clears throat> lockstep with your government, if you don't do what they say, if you don't follow their socially morally framed code, you won't be able to get your money. This is already happening in other countries. Well, I've already told you this. Coming here to America too, because we are not fighting for our freedoms. We're fighting other battles. The Uniparty wants it that way. We gotta get rid of them and get in good people that love the interests of the American people, the country, our sovereign nation. And then we can help others around the world. This is what folks didn't like about Donald Trump. When he said America first, that's like a curse for your postmodern irrationalist globalists. They want all borders removed because they want to control everything. They got to kill a few billion of us before they can actually do that. That's where war is a utilitarian component in their bag of tricks. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine is the number. Got to take a break. We will come back with our last segment. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is six fifty one on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line two and talk with um, Leslie from San Francisco. Leslie, are you there? Yes, I am, Pastor Jesse. How are you doing? Good, good. I wanted Great. to invite the listeners. Uh, to this Saturday, we have a star search meeting in Castro Valley. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. That and sounds so good. What time? What this is about is the March 5th primary in 2024 is mm-hmm. less than a year away. Right. And this is an opportunity for everyday people to get involved and to stand up for the silent majority and to bring people with good, good integrity and morals and values back into our government instead of having people representing special interest groups. I totally agree. Um, And it's only, it's five months from now. It's only five months. Yeah, yeah. Um, There are over 175 positions that are up for election in Alameda County next year. Mm -hmm. And and many of these are local, like AC Transit or BART or East Bay Municipal, uh, Water Districts, Rec and Parks or Healthcare. And these are positions that many of us are very well qualified for. Uh, So Tom Wong and I started this Alameda County Star Search Group, and we help people identify what positions they could run for. We help train them. We help them find their campaign team, and we help them file their paperwork, and we'll help them once they're in office. Uh, So this is an opportunity for you to either run as a candidate or to help candidates, because all candidates need support. So our meeting is this Saturday, November 4th, at 10.30 a.m. at the Castor Valley Public Library. It's excellent. I I totally appreciate the opportunity and the honor of uh, allowing you to 
to let our listeners in on it. We'll continue to do this too, because you know, you, you if you're listening to my program, you know we're talking about larger geopolitical issues, conflicts and wars, some of the policies our government and the globalists are employing to uh, change the the perspective, change the narrative, change the structure and way of our life in America, which ultimately will amount to <clears throat> losing freedoms. Uh, and so the question is, where do we start in terms of uh, preserving those rights and preserving those freedoms? Well, it starts on the ground. It starts with our right to be part of the process <clears throat> in terms of local politics. And that's what uh, both you, Leslie, and Tom are trying to uh, affect and bring about in, in our local society. That's why I so appreciate it. The idea that um, you know, common every, everyday American citizens can get involved and affect change at the smallest levels is really what the founding fathers envisioned. They actually stated it fully in the, the development of the, of the Constitution uh, of the United States that uh, the American citizens would be informed, that they would be involved, that they would be participatory, that they would be principles of freedom, constitutional rights, the Bill of Rights, et cetera, uh, and, and know how to uh, govern uh, ourselves at the local level representatively uh, in, in policies that we know are designed for the world to thrive, a free people to thrive in the context of a sort of pluralism that actually uh, understands central things about humanity. And, and uh, that, that requires everybody rolling up their sleeves and being a part of it. If we don't, like you stated, that vacuum will be filled with people who are given to special interests, making money, uh, and therefore uh, implementing or allowing the implementation of policies that are contrary to the good of humanity and certainly contrary to a biblical uh, worldview that we think is the right way for humanity to operate. So I'm glad that there will be a meeting this Saturday at 1030 at the Castro Valley Library here right in Castro Valley. You won't be able to miss it. It's right off of Redwood Road, a beautiful library. We just had it built a few years back and you, and you can get there. Now, what I want to do is have you to uh, share with our audience the um, email address for people who might be interested to want to stick their toe in the water and begin to consider whether or not they are being called to be part of the process. What is the uh, email um, address yes, for, for um, people to contact you? It's TomWongUSA at gmail.com. Again, that's T-O-M-W-O-N-G-U-S-A at gmail.com. Yep, Tom Wong, USA at gmail.com. Not hard to spell, not hard to find you guys. Tom Wong, USA at gmail.com. Uh, Leslie, thank you for your contribution, and uh, we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor All right. Jesse. All right, blessings. Uh, yeah, I appreciate my brothers and sisters who do more than just talk. I really do. Uh, I do because I, I just know that's what we're called to be, the salt and light of the earth. And you got to do it. You got to do it. Otherwise, you're just going to watch your society go to pits. This is what's happening around the world. This is how many of the countries that did become apartheid, you guys, became apartheid. They sat there and let their government sell them out. This is what they did. They just sat there and let Africa sat there and let the Europeans come in and sell them out. They did not stand up for freedom. 
And that's what's happening in our country as well. This is what was going on in the Jim Crow South. This is what was going on before there was a civil rights movement. We were, we're kind of standing around not believing it. This is what was happening in Europe before Israel came under the pogroms of uh, Hitlerian delusion. They were like looking at things happening and not believing that it was happening. And it was happening right in front of their faces. The canary out and clear. Nobody wanted to hear it. And that's what's going on right now. We know that. We know that. And, and I'm just wondering whether or not you know, God is just giving us up to a strong delusion that we should believe a lot. And uh, the next thing we know, there will be no robust Christianity anywhere, but just slaves uh, to false religion and empty secularism. Uh, that's really also what's happening with the Israelites, too. If you really were to go to Israel, you would find that Israel is a hodgepodge of all kinds of crazy stuff. It is a, it is not a monolithic, Torah-abiding uh, uh, biblical community. It is as much a hodgepodge of crazy, um, disjointed uh, democracy filled with all kinds of different people groups with different mindsets and a hierarchy of governance that amounts to a, a kind of apartheid system. That's the reality of it. And like my brother said, not everybody in Israel is uh, pro this crazy stuff that's going down right now. So if you are God's disciple, if you're Christ's disciple, you will know the truth. You'll continue in his word, and it will set you free. All right? Until next time, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord save you in Jesus' name. And the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.